Yo, Hungry Homies, do you want to improve your golf game this season? Well, in addition to listening to the Fairway Rolling Podcast, get access to the biggest names in golf instruction, like Butch Harmon, David Ledbetter, and Jim McClain with a subscription to Golf Digest Schools. Send videos of your swing to be analyzed by a Golf Digest ranked teacher and get a one-year subscription to Golf Digest magazine. Visit golfdigest.com slash all access and use promo code CARBS to get 30% off an annual subscription. That's promo code C-A-R-B-S CARBS to get 30% off an annual subscription at golfdigest.com slash all access. Taste buds, whether you are at home or traveling to a place you've never been, the same question always seems to come up. What should we do? Well, it doesn't have to be that hard. Airbnb experiences are one-of-a-kind activities hosted by passionate locals in more than 1,000 cities, all vetted for quality and created for the curious, like you. So get out there and learn something new. Connect with people in real life and maybe even step outside your comfort zone. I'm going to tell you, I did one of these Airbnb experiences in Los Angeles. I went on a coffee tour because I just had no idea about are the uh, artisanal and and uh, uh, origin-based coffee. The coffee scene going on in Los Angeles is pretty great. Check out airbnb.com slash experiences to learn more. Taste buds, my hungry homies, my culinary comrades. We are back. We've been overdue. It's House of Carbs, your old hungry homie Joe House here. This is the food podcast for the hungry people, by the hungry people. I'm the hungry host, and this is on the Ringer Podcast Network. Great episode today. Juliet Littman and I convened for our once a month breakdown of all the stories in the food world. We've got a full plethora of food news. And Juliet talks a little bit about her visit to my hometown, Washington, D.C. Let's get in that belly with Juliet and talk about some food news. All right, Taste Buds, as is our way, once a month we connect with our beloved Juliet Littman for a full month's worth of food news. Yo, Juliet. Hello. What's up? How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? Happy June. I'm happy June. It feels like forever. This once a, once a month thing, on the one hand, it gives us so many great stories to choose from. It totally. really provides this rich opportunity. But I do miss, you know, checking in a little more frequently, see what's going <laughs> on and hear about some of the delicious things you've been eating. You just confided to me, confessed to me is the confessed, better way to say it. Yes. You didn't confide. You confessed. It was a confession that you were in Washington, D.C. last weekend. Yes, I was. I'm, I'm sorry I didn't tell you sooner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's not just that I'm, I, I live, I'm housed from D.C. Yeah, I know. Everyone knows right? that about you. <laughs> <laughs> like literally. It's okay. I wasn't here. So it worked out for the best. Okay, few. <laughs> but um, 
You did some eating, I hear. I did. I did indeed. Um, I had several delicious meals. Um, I went to visit my college roommates, Tara and Claudia. They call them. I call them both Dar. They call each other Dar as well. Um, oh. We did a lot of eating. It was fantastic. We uh, we we were all over the place, but kind of. The centerpiece that I wanted to tell you about was a, a pretty like decadent mid-afternoon meal that none of us saw coming, but just like really hit the mark. And um, we, so me, Tara, and Claudia, and um, Claudia's son, who is two months old, so he wasn't really a big eater, but he was, you know, he was down for the hang. He came with us as we went to Union Market, which um, my friend, your friend, Andrew Sharp, was like, yeah, cool. Good, good tourist stop, which I felt to be a real insult, like a like a tourist stop. Like, come on, I thought I was more than that, you know. Um, I, I I don't think I wouldn't be so dismissive. It, it has some of the most interesting food things going on. Um, <laughs> well, I'm gonna have to talk to Sharp about that. Um, okay, great. Yeah, please please do. Maybe he's not a hungry homie. Is Andrew Sharp a hungry homie? Uh, he he's a hungry-ish homie. <laughs> anyway, well, I I know I would never put any shade on throw shade at Union Market. There's a bunch of great stuff going on over there. Um, yeah, well, I can tell you about it because what we decided to do, we did like three laps around the place, and we were like, okay, we can't decide, so everyone just pick one thing, and we'll all share. And being three food enthusiasts, we didn't each get like a cookie and like one small other thing or whatever. We got three full meals, which we then shared. And it was like 3.30, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. It was a random time to be doing this. I got three tacos from Taco Rian, which was very good. We got... Yeah, Taco Rian. Yes, that was very good. I particularly liked the um, carnitas. Um, Tara got something from DC Dosa. We got, like, she got actually a few things from DC Dosa. So we had, like, quite a bit of Indian food on our hands. And then the real like pièce de résistance was a combo meal from Philly wing fry, which was we got a Philly cheesesteak, four wings, and waffle fries. And just to be clear, we ate pretty much all of this food together. And I loved all of it, but I particularly loved the cheesesteak. It it's not that like your your flavor profiles were basically on point, like. There isn't. It doesn't sound that crazy to me, other than the the, the quantity <laughs> the that quantity. I'm imagining. Amongst, the quantity was was but, ridiculous. But this is true. You these are you are true taste buds. This is a group right out of my heart. The Philly wing fry is an incredible thing. It's by it's a pop up by Kwame Onuachi, who just won Rising Star Chef of the Year. With the Beard Foundation, like in in the entire country, he is the number one rising star chef of the year. But he's got this pop up Philly wing fry that they do over at, at Union Market, and then this unbelievable cheesesteak. But don't let me, don't take my word for it. I want to hear about the cheesesteak. Yeah, I mean, it was so good. I I don't even know what to say. It was like, it was straightforward. And just perfect. And um, it was also, I think we got the 10 inch. So we were <laughs> instead of the seven, so we could split it three ways. And it was beef, provolone, um, a mayo on it, some onions. And it was just delicious. I absolutely loved it. Like, as I discussed it, my mouth is watering. And then the wings were good too. They were like, kind of, they weren't like a, a messy wings. They were like, had like a, like a rub on them, basically. I'm not a huge wings person. So it didn't like really mean as much to me. 
And like, I, I would like to be a Philly cheesesteak person, but they're so decadent. And like, I spend zero time in Philadelphia. So it's a little hard, but I do love them. Um, when I was in college, there was a place called Philly's Best that like just had the most decadent, delicious sandwiches. And I absolutely loved that as well. And so I just can't speak highly enough of it. And then who doesn't love waffle fries? Plus it comes with like many sauces. It was just, fa- it was fantastic. Yes. I really recommend yeah, it. That's great. Yeah. It was really well, good. I, I w- where else, anywhere else? Any other high water marks in terms of the eating in Washington D.C.? Yes, we also had an amazing biscuit. Let me tell you about this biscuit. So Claudia insisted that we go to this place, Stomping Ground, which I guess they have two of in Virginia and Alexandria and at Tyson's Galleria um, for a biscuit. And I was like, okay, cool, sure. I like I like a biscuit, but this biscuit wildly exceeded my expectations, like big time. <laughs> so <laughs> first of all, it's huge. It's also a great combination of both flaky and doughy, which is really hard to accomplish. And it also comes with like an amazing house-made jam and jam's one of my favorite foods. So I don't even know if you can call it That's true. I knew that about you. Yeah, I love it. And then you could also get like an egg sandwich on it. And we had basically had it three ways. We had one that just came with the preserves. We had one with eggs and we had one that was eggs and cheese and all three looked amazing. And this biscuit was so good I couldn't finish it. And like, I love biscuits. But I mean, sorry, it was so big I couldn't finish it. Oh, uh, so I have this um, basic aversion to going across a bridge. Uh, so I, I don't I only venture into Virginia on on under limited circumstances. And I definitely uh, almost never go to Virginia for food for the purposes of, of eating because there's plenty of great options that don't require me to cross a bridge. I'm a snob. I'm from Maryland. I was born in Maryland. Sure. Marylanders naturally. I just want to say uh, it. Claudia, my, my my host, she's also from Maryland. She found room for in her heart for stomping grounds. <laughs> Not me, but the stomping ground thing is 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 could be a game changer. Have you heard about and it? And I do. I no. Oh, I I have it up right now. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at this biscuit. I have coming up in my life uh, this annual golf event that I play in that happens to be out in Vienna, oh. and I drive right through Tyson's Corners. Uh, right through Tyson's on my way there. Do they open early enough in the morning? 8 a.m. Oh, so Wednesday morning, uh, stomping ground. Get get. Make sure somebody's in there at 7:30, getting the first biscuits of the day ready because I am coming for you. I want the one with the egg. The, what was on it? Egg and what else? She could get egg and cheddar. I just got eggs. But you could also get like avocado, bacon, etc. It was re- it's a house. It was yeah. really fucking good, honestly. Like I and That's I love an all of the above. Yeah. Yeah, me me too. And I I know you you I've been with you. We've talked about biscuits uh before. I, you have a very high standard when it comes to biscuit. Here you are. You're effusive about this biscuit. It so was delicious. I guess I it better I better have one. I, it better be in my life, I think. Yeah, you really should check it out. It was great. All and right. also Washington DC is a great city to drink a, a white wine spritzer, and I had a great time doing that among the insane humidity of the Washington summer. <laughs> Well, there is a huge thing going on around the Aperol spritzer. Um, you know, I, is it played or not? It is. It is played. It's not for me. I just want a white wine spritzer. Let's keep it simple. <laughs> okay. I got it. I feel you. That's great. Uh, I'm, I'm so happy to hear it. I've had a couple of great meals myself lately uh, as well, but I'm, I'm going to save those. I'm going to talk about the best thing I ate this week. Next week, we're having uh, Danny Chow on. He's, he's overdue. So I want to save a couple of these things. I, I like it when I talk to Danny and I have something to contribute because most of the time, I mean, his, his meals are so great. He's so uh, excellent at describing. I, I, I always feel inferior, um, but I have a couple that I want to spring <laughs> on him and see what he thinks. That's my food. That's my personal food news update. Anything from you? 
Uh, I, 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 um, I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. Whoa. Okay. Fine. Do what you want to, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you ready? Let's do some stories. Stories. These are all stories from the from the month of May. Stories. A great month. This one's the actually... month in which I turned yes? fifty years old. Julia. Oh, what? When was your birth? Oh yeah, we did we did all the birthday messages for you. <laughs> yeah. I didn't do one. Yeah, I was nor, there. Nor was I asked. Oh yeah, I guess I was out of town. Sorry, Missed that's you. so rude. You, why weren't you asked? You're 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 my beloved food news partner. I don't get asked to do a lot of things anymore. Like right, I, I don't know. I'm out, I'm out of the rotation. You know. <laughs> I'm kind of like I'm like a Mike Miller or or a, um, a Vince Carter, where I'm sort of, I'm sort of like well, Vince is still very much on the rotation. I take it back, but more like you know, I think I've this is a it's you're a player coach, but everybody now that you're on the coach side, everybody just treats you like a coach. You don't get the player. I know, as much. I know, I don't get the benefits of that. Whatever, it's cool. Just come to me with your complaints. I'm available. Anyway, <laughs> well, I the, know you wish me a happy birthday. I, of course. I'm very. I always. I'm always wishing you a happy I, birthday. <laughs> I assumed it. How does it feel in your sixth decade? I am uh, celebrating for the whole rest of the year. So, in fact, you know what? I will share. I'm going to a great dinner with a, a, a little stable of friends. I've been having a series of great dinners with different groups of friends. I'm going to do this until uh, I've exhausted my entire friend network um, through the balance of 2019. But I had we're having a uh, a meal Friday this coming Friday night. We're going down to Fiola Mare on the waterfront in Georgetown and ordering gigantic seafood towers. So that I'm I'm already I'm already I've already begun my uh, starvation diet in anticipation of that. Okay, we'll report back, please. I promise. All right, House. The story is actually from June. It's from like yesterday, basically, but it's a good one, so I think we should include it. Is that okay? Of course. Okay. It's from Bloomberg, so it's like legit. It's written by Kate Crater, who's been like a, a food writer for a very long time. And the headline is, dating app Bumble is opening up a wine bar called Bumble Brew. The Soho Cafe bar will only serve, quote, date-friendly food. Bumble, the dating app that gives women the upper hand in the swipe right online dating world, is opening a cafe and wine bar for people to meet up. The five-year-old Austin-based company will open Bumble Brew in fall 2019 in Manhattan, Soho. The space will operate through the day, first as a coffee shop, before transitioning into a wine bar with small plates. The company sees this as a way to engage its expanding audience from the signature dating app to its networking platform, Bumble Biz. This isn't the first time Bumble has manifested in a physical space. Two years ago, the company launched Hive, also in Soho, a pop-up offering food, drink, and seminars geared toward women on such topics as technology, health, and relationships. The lines were out the door. The Hive in Los Angeles on Melrose Place was successful enough to be extended by several months. Users went across the street to Alfred Coffee to continue networking. They were hacking Bumble Brew for us. Um, Bumble is partnering with Delicious Hospitality, which has Charlie Bird and Pasquale Jones to create food and beverages. During the day, there will be a selection of croissants and other pastries, as well as the same coffee program employed at Legacy Records near Hudson Yards. So basically, this is like a space to have a business meeting or a date or something in between. And I don't think this is a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm confused by it. How is this different from any other cafe or whatever restaurant? I, I think it's just like branded Bumble and there'll be opportunities <laughs> for Instagram. So is it a physical place where if you're using... Bumble and maybe you just said something about it's expanding its audience networking platform Bumble Biz. WTF <laughs> yeah. is that? 
<laughs> I, I can't believe I don't you don't know about that. all this stuff. <laughs> well, I will Basically, say this. Here's, a, here's my take on Bumble. I understand what Bumble is. I've heard of it. I actually think the concept of it is kind of makes sense. But what is the well, I, go? You go. You explain. <laughs> it. This is a deal with Bumble. They have leveraged the, all these influencers. And so they have like more have a presence on social media than you would expect through people that I bet you haven't heard of, like Aaron and Sarah Foster and other women on Instagram who are like always shilling for them as like, oh, I'm a lady boss or whatever. And so I think this is just kind of like a brand extension. But going into the restaurant business is like never a good idea. Like if you're not like a food specialist, it's not a good idea. Um, I, don't, I just don't understand what makes it special it doesn't seem like like if you if it's bumble the app the experience co uh aligning itself with you know partnering with somebody that's that's serving food with an already existing restaurant and they just call it like bumble day or bumble week or bumble year i i guess that's fine but like does that mean people who aren't interested in Bumble wouldn't go to this place? Like if I wanted to just go have a date in this place and it sounds like the menu and the wine is interesting enough, would I go there or do I need need to have some Bumble relationship? To I, I don't know. It honestly sounds to me kind of like many members clubs or it's like you could have a date here. Or you could have a business meeting here and you could have we transition from day to night. Like this does sound very similar to like many like members clubs, but it's just Bumble and it's open to the public. But I don't know. Like, it seems like embarrassing to go there for a date. Like, why would anyone do that? <laughs> I mean, it's too much pressure, isn't it? Yeah, it's really weird. Well, I think it's the thing that you started with at the very beginning, which is an opportunity for some Instagram. <laughs> yeah, so that's what <laughs> public, it is. Public, this is for Instagramming. So. But like, who would who okay. would do that? So embarrassing. I, I don't know. I can't get on board. <laughs> well, I don't know how. I mean... I would do it. How how big's the check? I don't know. I just don't know. Um, All right. Quick break from this food news conversation with Juliet. Today's House of Carbs brought to you by the all-new BMW 3 Series. Don't be driven by technology. Drive it. The all-new BMW 3 Series is available with state-of-the-art technology. That means feature after feature of the latest BMW innovations, such as the intelligent personal assistant, hands-free steering. Oh, my God. Kyle, you're not permitted to do any hands-free steering. Backup assistant, parking assistant, frontal collision warning, twin power turbo engine, and a completely redesigned interior with gesture control. This is incredible. I need to get in one of these BMWs. Maybe, uh, Kyle, I'll let you go ahead and do some hands-free steering. If we, we will test it out in the parking lot and see see how it big, works. Big parking lot, uh, yeah. It's got to be a big parking lot. No cars in that lot. What you'll love about this technology is that it is so simple and easy to use. That's, that's good for you and me because I am both simple and uh, need it to be as easy as possible. What you'll really love about this vehicle, though, cannot be listed or explained in words. It has to be felt on the road in the same way that the beautiful, rich bolognese sauce 
from my favorite Italian restaurant here in Washington, D.C. that I'm not at liberty to disclose right now because it's a small, off-the-radar. I like to keep it that way. I can't have all the hungry homies flowing, flooding this joint, but you have to experience this luscious bolognese. This is the only way. You have to taste it to fully experience it, just like the BMW 3 Series. You must drive this thing to understand it. Hurry in to your local BMW Center today and test drive the all-new BMW 3 Series for yourself. The all-new BMW 3 Series. Don't be driven by technology. Drive it. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Should we move on? <laughs> Please. <laughs> Next. <laughs> something less confusing. Something I can understand. This is genuinely exciting. It's something that I, I still find slightly confusing. Burger King is bringing its Parmesan sandwiches back with three new varieties. This is a story from the Daily Mail. Burger King isn't chickening out when it comes to new menu items. The fast food chain is bringing back a chicken parm sandwich in a big way with three different versions of the sandwich to choose from. Chicken parm has been on BK menus before. A crispy fried chicken version of the sandwich was offered in 2017, but now the chain has expanded its chicken parm horizons threefold. Usually, it features a breaded chicken breast covered with rich tomato sauce, Parmesan, and mozzarella cheese. That's the classic chicken parm. The classic Burger King crispy chicken parm offers a fried chicken filet topped with marinara, melted mozzarella, and shaved Parmesan. Parmesan. The grilled version flame grills the chicken, marinates it with spices before adding the toppings, and the spicy chicken parm sandwich breads the fried chicken filet but spices it up with a little heat in the breading. All three sandwiches are served on toasted potato buns. Okay, house. I had no idea that they had done this before, and I can't believe I missed it. I'm with you. I've never sampled one of these. The pictures look pretty good, and it made me sort of think about my relationship with Burger King because <laughs> in my it, it's not at a, at a high place in, in my fast food rotation. I can't think of the last time... I went in there. I do have two go-to sandwiches. I absolutely love the Whopper Junior and two double cheeseburgers. Uh, I get those three sandwiches. That's wow. my like starting my starting stable. Okay, because like they're they're small, but I like I do like the the flavor of of the you know the the grilled flavor of of the meat. I I definitely find that appealing. It does harken uh, you know a little bit of nostalgia. And, you know, I, I, I think they do a good job with the pickles and, uh, you know, so that, but I, it just doesn't come up that often in my life. So, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, those three sandwiches and an order of onion rings is like how I do Burger King. Cause I can't eat the fries. Sure. I, so it just means that, that the, wait, wait, why can't you eat like the fries? This, they're inedible. Oh. <laughs> they're, they're terrible. <laughs> 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 They're the worst fast food fries of all fast food fries. I, I don't agree with that. I like Burger King fries. They, I don't mind the experience of eating them. I believe that they leave. There's a texture at the end that remains. And like I, I, I feel like I need to scrape it out of my mouth. Interesting. There, well, there is a an after effect. It's a little hard for me to fully weigh in on this because my primary Burger King experience is that it was the only 24 hour food in my college town. And and I lived yes. very, and I lived very close to it my junior and senior years. And it was like very close to like one of the bars that I would go to sometimes. And so most of my Burger King 
ingestion has been very late night. And so therefore, of course, it's I find it delicious and I love it. But I know that that's not a true test of if fast food is good. And I will say, admittedly, I haven't had it since. And here in L.A., like where there's so much fast food drive through, it's not in my top five of considerations. But I do like it. I'm not against it. Now, that that's the challenge. This is exactly the point that I'm making. It's not in the rotation. And I I think part of it, there's only one that I can think of in all of Washington, D.C. There's a drive through up in Northwest, and that's where, where I go uh, on the occasion that I'm doing it. But I don't even think about like getting off of my standard order. Maybe this needs to be a little taste test thing. Maybe I need to go up there. Maybe we need to give uh, Burger King a chance. Maybe there's something here. Maybe I'll have some fries with it. Um, yeah, I mean... <laughs> the fact that we... We slept on this this chicken parm. We missed out. You know, it was offered in 2017, and here we are in 2019 talking about it for the first time. Feels like we we should do some catching up here. We need to give it a fair shake. I feel like Juliet. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't understand why I haven't been going more, but I don't know. They have. I think the a Whopper Junior is a delightful snack. <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. One of my Joe Joe House favorite Whopper Junior, some onion rings, and a couple of double cheeseburgers because I like the pickles. Just truly great stuff. Um, Okay, next story for you. This is about Whole Foods. I don't think you're going to be shocked by this one, but this comes from CNBC. (laughs) This comes from CNBC. Whole Foods still has the highest overall prices among U.S. food retailers, despite the widely publicized discounts that Amazon-owned grocer made in April. Meanwhile, Walmart continues to have the lowest overall prices, momentum that will likely be unscathed by Whole Foods price cuts. Uh, And Kroger narrowed its gap with Walmart with an average premium of 7%. Uh, and Sprouts Farmer's Market had an average premium of 8%, while Whole Foods prices were the highest at 34% above Walmart, a percentage point higher than the previous three to four years of studies. So this means not only is Whole Foods the most expensive, it's getting more expensive. I've, I'd, I'd heard that. I'd, I've observed it. My pocketbook uh, has observed it. And I honestly, we've talked about Whole Foods a few times since the Amazon acquisition. I now have... Um, truncated my Whole Foods list. There are maybe like six things tops that we get from Whole Foods because only Whole Foods sort of has the version and variety of what we want. What are they? Otherwise, um, so they make a sourdough bread uh, Mm. at their bakery that is allergen free that my kid devours. He absolutely adores their uh, sourdough bread. They have local ice cream makers here. There's a, a local ice cream purveyor um, called Jubilee that I love, uh, and they feature that in the freezer cases um, down here. And then the produce, I like. They they sell. Um, we we buy the produce from here, okay. from there. But that's it. But they all and the guacamole. They have a great uh, a great guac recipe. Those that's my Whole Foods uh, visit. Okay, that's those are all good things. They do have good guac. I agree. I don't really desperately need anything from Whole Foods. Like I, I go months without going. They they do have a lot of good um, vegan uh, kinds of things. So that when we're trying to get something like my kid, he wants chocolate pudding. Mm-hmm. We can go there and get him a version that is uh, doesn't have dairy in it, um, and it's it's fine. Like he can he you know. Our my palate. I I've eaten plenty of that chocolate pudding. It is a okay. <laughs> they have really good desserts, actually. I've I'm, I've been very tempted by the mochi case that they have. Though I've never taken yeah. taken the plunge. Oh, I I I've I've probably bought 
six pounds of mochi since they they installed that thing in there. Oh my god, I love mochi. We actually had that as well. They're terrific. In um, in DC, we like had that for dessert, not from Whole Foods, but just in general from a Japanese place, and it's just like incredibly good. It also it's not healthy, but it feels like it's not bad for you. It feels like it doesn't count. Well, because it's small, and if you can keep yourself from eating seven or eight. Then it then it could be in terms of a dessert. Like if you only have three, it feels like that's not a bad a bad sort of dessert. Satiates the, yeah. the sweet tooth. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I I just I love mochi. But anyway, you don't only have to go to Whole Foods for mochi. Trader Joe's also has a lot of it. I, the thing about Whole yeah. Foods is there's just like a pleasantness to shopping there, and I think that's to me its main appeal. I agree with this, uh, and there's one in particular in my neck of the woods that's kind of easy for me to just pull in and park and then never have to fight for the parking. And uh, I try to go, you know, at hours when it's not like, you know, rush hour for dinner time. And I, I you're, I'm with you. I, I, these days I will order groceries like twice a month and then twice a month actually go into the grocery store. And um, the two times a month that I go, I luxuriate in it a little bit. I walk, I walk around, I see what, you know, I like. I, I had to buy a curry paste. I wanted to try a new curry paste. I I did that. You know, just just walk up and down the aisles and see uh, what what kind of what innovations out there for the hungry homies are occurring. And they have a good enough selection of stuff to like you know catch catch my attention and maybe want to explore stuff a little bit. Yeah, I I mean it's just it's just not a necessity. That's the issue with Whole Foods. For them. That's in, right. You in, made that's a great point. It's not my, a necessity. My opinion. In fact, you could, I could never fully shop there. They don't have like everything I want. That's so. the trade-off. Yeah. And now that it's so expensive, I try and get stuff that I need from other places. You know what's weird? When you scan your Amazon app there. It's just like still a really weird thing. When when you're checking out and they ask you to pull up your Amazon app so you can get like a ten percent discount. It's just very strange. I don't do it. You just, I, I didn't you just, download you're like, app. I'll pay an extra 10%. I don't care. $6 more. I just cares? pay what I pay. It's, well, it's not, it's not a universal 10%. It's not a blanket 10% reduction. It's on certain items. Right. My items don't appear with the re- deduction. So it's, it's too much. I, I, Amazon's already too much in my life. <laughs> Amen. All right. This is another, this is not really a story, but it's a debate that caught, caught storm on Twitter. And it's about the name of that frozen treat that is like an, an, a colored icy that comes in a plastic tube that's like, you know, a foot long and an inch wide. What do you call that? Icy. I call them, I think I call them a freeze pop, but apparently they're also called otter pops and Australians call oh, them zooper duper. Freeze pop. It's yeah. a freeze pop. That's yeah. right. I call them yeah. a freeze pop. Okay. It is a freeze pop. Yeah. But apparently that's not what everyone's saying. A lot of people call them what otter <laughs> Many people call them otter pops. And in Australia, they're called zooper dupers. People also call them ices, ice pops, pop ice, or flavor ice. I've also heard flavor ice as well. Icy is something different. Uh, yeah, I, I thought I, w- I had something else in mind. Icy is in we a little describing cup it. with a little. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. These, these, these are, uh, these are freeze pops. That's what we call them. Yeah. I call them freeze pops or a flavor ice. And you can buy them like in bulk. What? What is an otter pop? People also call these otter pops. I think it's a brand. It's, I think, yeah, as Kyle says, it's a brand uh, of them. Oh, okay. I see. Oh, flavor ice. I see. Yeah, flavor ice. Yeah. 
I don't well, know. I didn't know there were so many names freeze for this. Freeze Pops. I call them Freeze Pop or Flavor Ice. Flavor Ice is kind of more fun, but I, I don't know why. Who cares? <laughs> what, what, what's, what's the debate? I don't understand. Why people, is love debate? To de- people love to debate this kind of thing that they connect that they connect with their childhood. That's why. All the hottest debates okay. come for something you learned in childhood. <laughs> just, my, uh, yes. just my psychology for you. I think you're right about that. Okay. All right, Hungry Homies, another quick break from these unbelievable stories, as in, like, not believable this week's month's food news. Incredible. I want to talk about Luminary. I love the podcast, The Trip. And so I'm all about Luminary right now. It's the only place you can find new episodes of this podcast. You ever want to get intoxicated in far off lands with exceptional people? Both of my hands are up right now. Gather your earbuds. Emmy winner and former Anthony Bourdain collaborator, Nathan Thornburg of Roads and Kingdoms roams the intersection of travel, food, and culture with raw, intimate conversations over drinks with folks like Samin Nostrat, Jose Andres, W. Kamau Bell, and more. This is why I love this podcast. In addition to the trip, Luminary gives you access to a bunch of other original shows from innovative, dynamic creators that you can't find anywhere else. The Luminary app is free to download. And in addition to those can't-miss originals, you can use it to listen to thousands of other podcasts, including ones you already love, like this one you're listening to right now, all enhanced by an easy-to-use interface with personalized content recommendations. That's some good, helpful curation. Whether you're into food, travel, culture, comedy, or more, Luminary has the right show for you. If you love podcasts, you need to check out Luminary. Get your first two months of access to Luminary's premium content for free when you sign up at luminary.link slash carbs. After that, it's eight bucks a month, $7.99. That's luminary.link slash C-A-R-B-S for two months of free access. Luminary.link slash carbs. Cancel anytime. Terms apply. This week's food news episode of House of Carbs also brought to us by our pals at Snake River Farms. It is grilling season, my culinary comrades. A steak on the grill is the ultimate summer meal and a steak river farms american wagyu tomahawk is the ultimate steak this is a richly marbled two inch thick cut steak attached to a long exposed rib bone each steak weighs at least two and a half pounds snake river farms cross breeds intensely marbled and highly prized purebred japanese wagyu cattle with traditional American cattle breeds. That's crossbreeding right there. The result is a Snake River Farms melt-in-your-mouth cut with intense intramuscular marbling, a la the Japanese Wagyu and the robust beef flavor of the good old USA American beef. Snake River Farms optimizes the large amounts of marbling by slow feeding an average of three times longer than traditional U.S. commodity beef animals. All American Wagyu steaks from Snake River Farms grade out well above USDA prime beef and are available in all the classic steakhouse cuts like New York Strips, like Filet Mignon, like Porterhouse, and of course ribeyes, and then you got butcher, butcher favorites like Terrace Major, Bavette, Picana, 
flat iron and skirt steaks. That's all the steaks. Go to snakeriverfarms.com and enter the promo code HOUSE for 20% off your order. That's snakeriverfarms.com, promo code H-O-U-S-E. Alrighty, next. Uh, this is straight from the BenandJerry's.com website. I just want to say I've been having a lot of Ben and Jerry's Mooforia. The Cherry Garcia twist is just incredible. I, I, I live for the cherry chunks in Cherry Garcia and to have them in, in the Mooforia version is just fantastic. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a great innovation. Well done, Ben and Jerry's. I completely agree. Anyway, this is not a time to talk about Mooforia. This is a time to talk about CBD ice cream and the fact that Ben and Jerry's released an entire statement about it. And this, I'll just read you from a piece of it. And just so you know, this is coming from benandjerrys.com slash what's new slash a lot of things. Like this is something they really care about. You probably already know that we're fans of all things in italics. Groovy. Think Half-Baked and Dave Matthews Band Magic Brownies. So it's no surprise that we can't wait to get into the latest food trend cannabis oil or CBD. We're open to bringing CBD-infused ice cream to your freezer as soon as it's legalized at the federal level. Currently, the FDA prohibits adding CBD to food and beverages, but change is on the horizon. They've set a public hearing on the legalization of CBD-infused food and beverages for May 31st, and we've submitted a comment to them in support of the legalization. They I'll just read you a little bit more because they're so passionate about this at Ben and Jerry's. They said a recent National Restaurant Association survey found that three and four chefs named CBD and cannabis and food infused food is a hot trend in 2019. But chasing a trend isn't quite enough for us. We want to use sustainably sourced CBD from our home state of Vermont. After all, values-led sourcing is an important part of our process when we churn up new ice cream innovations by using high-quality, sustainably sourced ingredients. They just go on and on. We source our brownies from Grayson Bakery, which has an innovative open-door hiring policy. Our cookie dough comes from Rhino Foods, which employs refugees and sources its dairy locally from the St. Albans Co-op. I mean— very hard to argue with Ben and Jerry's values and ethics. I really support it. I do have a problem with this CBD food trend, however. House. CBD is legal here in Los Angeles. So there's like CBD water. There's CBD everything. And I don't think it does anything. Like literally anything. I'm so happy that that's what you uh, volunteered. That is my question. I've not uh, had an opportunity to try this. And my question is, is the goal to produce by way of consuming these goods something replicating the kind of high that you get by um, enjoying marijuana in the various other manners in which marijuana can be enjoyed? I guess so. I think people also say it's like for anxiety. It like helps with that. But that's absolutely. I've heard that. And, I don't and think that, it's true. I believe is. <laughs> Oh, it's not true. Well, okay. I, don't, I don't know. Well, Maybe I, for some people it helps. I do not think it helps. I don't think it does I anything is my point. CBD oil in in any form or format in, 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 and in using it for any kind of thing, you're saying it is uh, an inoffensive neutral ingredient. I'm saying CBD on its own as like this is CBD infused does not does not induce any kind of feeling reminiscent of other drugs, nor do I think it helps manage anxiety. I think it's just like a neutral. I, that's just my take. I mean, I don't I don't know the science behind it, but I've I've had CBD water and I'm just like, what is this? This is not doing anything for me. Is it supposed to do something for it's you? It's supposed to help relax you. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, uh, uh, the, uh, the calming influence because what is it, is it supposed to be mind altering in some manner? No, it's not. It's not a 
it's not a um what are those kinds of psychotropic it's not like that at all that's why that's why it's like more likely to be legalized than thc i just think that cbd on its own is not particularly powerful i'm just saying so i see like fight for cbd ice cream if you would like to but i don't know why this is such an appealing food trend i don't know maybe it's like there's some kind of you can cook it in a way that's interesting. I don't know. But as just like as like a way to have like drug food, I don't this is not exciting to me. I, I well, it has to work. It has to really be drug food and or otherwise it's nothing. Yes. Otherwise exactly. it's a brand it's a brand idea. And yeah. this is this is exactly the challenge. Somebody needs to come up and prove to you and I that 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 CBD infused anything is worth our time and effort. I know. I mean, otherwise it's just a branding campaign. Kyle is another California resident. Like, do you want to weigh in here? I think uh, if you're going CBD, it should be uh, topical. Otherwise, I'd just stick with the brownies, you know? <laughs> yeah, CBD Wait, is like topical, a, meaning what? You like apply rubs. it uh, yeah, like, it on like your a joints. cream on your hands? Yeah, yeah the, your they make that as well. The There's... old people in my life say that it works. So, um, <laughs> no, like, I'm talking senior citizens. I'm not talking about not uh, talking about me. 50 year olds, you know, how. <laughs> Yes. There's also like CBD. I accept that. There's CBD cream. There's CBD ointment. Apparently that does help a little bit. But like as a food infusion, I'm just, I don't, I don't see it. I'm very skeptical. Feel, I'm, I'm feel right it, there I with you. Say. Yeah. I, I know what THC is. I know THC brownies and gummies and sure, everything. That, that you works. Know, they, they work. <laughs> that, that I can attest to. But what's, what's, I don't understand CBD. It's over in my head. You know, we actually wrote about this on The Ringer. There's a great B- CBD beer piece from about a year ago. Check it out. Nice Molly McHugh plug. wrote it. Okay, next. This is from the Duluth News Tribune. Steaming pizza billboard is not on fire, says Minnesota police after reports. This is a story from Moundsview, Minnesota. A steaming billboard in Moundsview alarmed motorists and became a headache for law enforcement. The billboard advertising for the Iowa-based Casey's Convenience Store chain is equipped with a fog machine that gives the pictured pizza the effect of being fresh from the oven. But several motorists thought that what they were seeing was smoke and called 911 to report a fire. Uh, And then everybody that drives by thinks the billboard is on fire, says Sam Alexander Seedy of Blaine, who had called the emergency number. He said the operator told him they had been fielding hundreds of calls all week. Uh, We'll we'll post this link. And within the story, there is a video of the billboard. And it does look like it may be on fire. It looks like it's like emitting some kind of smoke or steam. And it's very strange. So (laughs) probably was not the most thought out billboard. But hey, that's fun. I wonder though, because I just watched the clip. I've I've seen it. I watched the clip a few times, you know, in, to prepare for this. I watched it again. It is pretty clearly intended to deliver the effect of this giant pizza emitting steam. Like it is not. Uh, there is a direct correlation between the humongous billboard and this special effect, and. It requires this. I wonder this if this is like a if uh, the kind of thing where this this is something about the kind of people that we are. If you're a glass half full person, well, now that's not the right way to think about it. House, but like, don't it even makes try sense to talk to yourself into this. This looks like exhaust. <laughs> it yes, agreed. It's a poor poor version of of genuine pizza steam, but it's pizza. And and some kind of of thing rising from it. It it looks very deliberate and very intentional, and not like an accident. Like there might be some kind of uh, 
unintended fire occurring. That's the point that I'm making. Okay. I hear you. It looks deliberate. It just looks bad. It looks confusing and weird. You're like, why is there exhaust? Well, in this day and age, if you see something, you say something, Juliet. It's true. Three on one. Smoke out of out of out of billboard, probably not a good idea. All right, House, and a final story for today from KARE11.com. This is another story from the great state of Minnesota. A grad party's 600 chicken finger order goes missing. Two high school seniors, Taylor Broderson and Jimmy Liu, were preparing for a joint graduation party this weekend when something went horribly awry. The 600 chicken fingers Taylor had ordered from the Maple Grove Raising Canes, they discovered, had been picked up by somebody else. The party had start, was to start in an hour. Taylor said, I was kind of in shock, like someone stole our chicken. Taylor's dad, Shane, was suddenly an unprepared host, and he had nothing to feed his 300 guests. We'll keep going, but first of all, 300 guests for a grad party? That's huge. That's two chicken fingers each. That's, that's awful. That's a great point. That's, <laughs> that's not, not a, enough chicken fingers. Not enough chicken it fingers. It should have been 1,800. And too many people. Way too many 1800 people. 1,800 chicken fingers at a minimum. Yeah. Got to get those checks. Uh, they did not file a police report, but the manager at the Maple Grove location of Raising Cane's did make sure that Broderson got 600 new chicken fingers in order to feed the grad party, if you call that feeding them. He started them <laughs> off with 200 right away and had another 400 more over there in an hour. Um, <laughs> the full statement from Raising Cane's, just to cover our bases, Adam Jenrich, area leader of restaurants, said Sunday afternoon, two customers came in separately to pick up the same large order. Customer service is the top priority for us, so we worked as quickly as possible to replace the order. As of now, we are unclear if this was simply a mistake or intentional. We are currently investigating the situation, and that will determine next steps. I think the main takeaways here are very unlikely there was two orders for 600, and moreover, that is not enough for 300 guests. And lastly, 300 guests is far too many. I agree with everything you said. I just like to add raisin canes, chicken fingers, delicious. I, I was able to finally sample some. Love those chicken fingers. <laughs> I've never been to a raisin Mike, canes. Micah Peters, strong raisin cane advocate. Good to know. I, I've never been. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, chicken chicken fingers is uh, six hundred. Not enough. Um, house. That's all I got for you. Uh, it was a it was an exciting May. A lot of things happened. There were graduation parties. There were billboards on fire. Uh, their chicken parm is Burger King's chicken parm is back. We're going to taste test that. A lot to happen. I hope June. I mean, June, so far all that June has delivered to us is a completely confounding, confusing, terrible Bumble Bar. Yeah, Best we- of luck, Bumble Bar. <laughs> good luck to good luck to them. House, good luck to you as well. I'll talk to you next month and hopefully before one on one. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, Juliet. Bye. All right, my taste buds, my hungry homies, that's it for this week. We're back with another episode. Next week, we have a great excerpt of a podcast that I participated in with my man, Adam Rappaport of Bon Appetit. This is currently up on the Bon Appetit Foodcast. We're running an episode ep- excerpt here on House of Carbs. We sat down with none other than DC rock legend, Dave Grohl who is now an unbelievable barbecue man. He's got backbeat barbecue. uh, And Grohl was lucky enough to have Adam and I over to his place and uh, a bunch of D.C. homies, all middle-aged white guys, talking about the good old days in D.C. And Grohl's unbelievable, literally unbelievable, barbecue tale. Of course, we're going to do a little best thing I ate this week. Danny Chow 
Shot maker triumphant return. Hopefully he's got some stories from Toronto. Until then, my hungry homies, let's stay hungry out there.